Hello, it's Cricket Ultras, and we're very glad to be back with you for our first show of 2018, and in fact, our third episode. Darren Burns, welcome. So you're, you're back now, I think, in Shanghai. Yes, hi, Rune. Welcome to 2018, everybody. Yes, I am back in Shanghai after a wonderful couple of weeks in Australia, where, of course, I went to the Ashes in, at the Wacker in Perth, and then I was getting some sun on the sunshine coast of Queensland. Absolutely wonderful sunshine every day and I've come back to a pretty overcast, cold, dank and polluted Shanghai. So it's, it's all good here, man. How about you? Well, I am in Bangalore. I think listeners perhaps might be able to tell that from the sound of the traffic noise. I'm actually at a, at a community radio station in Bangalore who've massively helped me out by letting me borrow their facility to record this show. So a big shout to Radioactive. Um, if, if anyone is ever in Bangalore, if any of our listeners, listeners ever visit this great city, I would recommend you listen to their, to their radio station because it has some great content. Um, you can hear, of course, the, the lullaby of, of Indian traffic noises outside, um, but kind of unavoidable in India and, you know, somewhat authentic, I feel. So let's, um, let's pick up, I guess, where we left off. You were in Perth. I think we were... We were talking about the Wacker test, which ended with Australia really running away with it. England, England kind of fell apart, I feel. Um, and then the Melbourne test was really a non-event. And in fact, I see that the ICC has, um, has given the pitch a poor rating uh, because it, 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 it was bad to begin with and then I think got worse. So, so I don't know about you, Darren, but I am sick and tired of these Australian dust bowls. I think the, the MCG's had a problem for years now, you know. They, I think all the Sheffield Shield, which is the first class cricket in Australia this year, has been drawn. All the matches have been drawn at the MCG this year. Um, and they've struggled to get a result for, for the last couple of years in the MCG. They are getting a new curator. Uh, the curator is coming over from the Wacker to try and doctor the pitch in MCG, bring it back to life. And of course, the MCG is actually... The, the, well, one of the pioneers of drop-in, so-called drop-in pitches, right? And they've been doing it for 20 years, but it seems they haven't learnt much um, or they're doing something wrong. Because I think, you know, before the last couple of years, there were pretty good result wickets in, the, at, at, in Melbourne. And it's a sort of recent phenomenon where they haven't been able to really get a result, which is really pathetic. I mean, you got, I think you had almost two, 260,000 people through the gates um, and they're looking forward to some good cricket. And both captains and I think both coaches and the ICC have been all quite aligned in how they've responded to the pitch and they all thought it was quite crap, to be honest. So they've got to do something about it. Yeah, I'll tell you who did like the pitch, though. Alistair Cook. He did, didn't he? I mean, it, it, if you're a batsman, there's a lot to like about it. Um, I thought Stuart, Stuart Broad also did okay, actually, if we're honest. Um, Stuart Broad did pretty well with the ball in the first innings. And T. Curran, I felt. And T. Curran, he... Not forget, let's not forget T. Current on that debut. I was very surprised. I didn't even know who he was. Um, he's, well, no. Do, do you know who he is now? I mean, I, I, well, he almost, it's still not, it's still not he almost clear. got a wicket. Or, or did he get one wicket for the match? I think he got one. He got one. He, he, obviously, he got that, that, that wicket with a no ball, which was sad, but also quite amusing as well at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost four billion, wasn't it? Um, yeah, look, I think... You know, Stewie Broad did well with the ball, I think, in the first innings. You know, surprisingly, Australia got rolled for 3.20-odd. I think it was very surprising. Um, really poor batting. 
And then, you know, in, in, in England did well on their first innings. And then a match just basically petered out. Um, there was a little moment on the fifth day when Sean Marsh was dismissed just before lunch, I think, and, and Australia were only 14 ahead with four down. So effectively 14 for four. Um, and anything could have happened then. I... I said to my sister, who I was watching with, with at the time, you know, she, I said, Mitchell Marsh won't stay in long. Um, but he did. You know, he, he ground out a 30 off 150 balls, and that, that really impressed me a lot. And so I guess we've seen a new improved Mitchell Marsh in the last couple of tests. You're really not a Mitchell Marsh fan. You were not keen on his selection. And, and uh, I don't know, perhaps you reserve judgment on his... He scored a century. Did he score a century at Perth? Or? 180. He said I was totally wrong. So in the, in the last po- podcast, I said he was a joke having him in the team. Um, I guess the joke's on me now. <laughs> but still, I, I think, yeah, he was rushed into the team. His bowling worries me a little bit. Um, but you've got to say his batting in the last couple of tests has been pretty good. I, I think you're right to reserve judgment until Sterner tests. In terms of, of Melbourne, it, I mean, you know, cometh the hour, cometh... All of these English men who... <laughs> Come T. Curran. Yeah, T. Curran, uh, Alistair Cook, Stuart Broad. But it was all far too little, too late, really. And, you know, these, the, the, the big story, I guess, of the Ashes, um, on, on the one side, in, in the first three tests, at least, you've had this, this relentless Australian pace attack. Um, bowling, I think it's, it's the highest average pace of a bowling attack of a three-man bowling attack yes. since the West Indian team of the, of, of the sort of, I think the last time was sort of the early 90s. Early 90s, um, yeah. You, you've, had, you've had two bowlers who, who, who can push the needle up, but you have not had three bowlers consistently capable of breaking that 90 miles per hour ba- barrier. You can see why it's rare, because one of them's already broken down. Um, and meanwhile, on the English side, you've had a team where... Really, none of the senior players have, have turned up in, in any meaningful way. And by the time they did, it was too late. So I think it's been a tough tour. I mean, I mean, if you look back at the off-field incidents with starting off last year with Ben Stokes's Muppetry and, you know, in a nightclub in the UK, and then you've had the headbutt gate, you've had all these weird ball-tampering accusations, you've had all these weird sideline issues going on that are, that are mostly non-events, except, of course, for the Stokes issue, which was quite serious. Um, and I think that it was almost like we hoped England would do well, but it's kind of what we expected, I think. I think on balance it is. I think it was more hope, Arun, and more hope than anything, I think. We wanted to see a close series. I mean, everybody always thinks about 2005 and hopes that there's going to be something like that. Uh, unfortunately, there wasn't and there isn't going to be any time soon. Well, yeah, or even, even 2009 or, or, or one of the more recent ones. I mean, look, it, the Ashes have followed a pattern now where the home team wins fairly comfortably. I think most predictions for this series um, were, were saying Australia would win 3-1 or 4-0 or, or even 5-0, of course. Glenn McGrath um, made, made his prediction early. <laughs> always 5-0. Uh, <laughs> England, you know, yeah, always... England never looked like they had the strength in depth. There are some big, big questions being asked now about um, James Vince, about Stoneman at the top of the order. You know, big questions about their long-term future, questions about Moeen Ali's short-term future. I think long-term, he's fairly, fairly secure. 
as he should be. Some of the, the older English players haven't performed as well as they could have, and, and you, you wonder if that's age or if that's just form. Um, and, but the, and, and probably the biggest failing of all is that Joe Root has been completely unable to match Steve Smith. Correct. Um, I, yeah, I, th I think, you're, I think you're, you're totally right. I, I think, you know, if you look across the board, um, they, they've, you know, apart from this MCG pitch, they've served up pretty decent Australian wickets. Um, we always thought the pace would be too much. Um, and it proved that it proved out to be that. I, but having said that, Aruna, there's still a lot of questions about the Australian batting order. Um, the bowling is pretty set, if you ask me, if they all stay fit. I think it's a very good bowling attack in most conditions. If. Um, it's, but the yeah. thing, it's a big if, though. Yeah, yes, it is a big if. Fit, I think I if, you look, if you see the MCG without, without Mitchell Stark, that left arm speed, they really looked like a pedestrian attack. Um, yeah, Jackson Bird really didn't. Didn't ruffle, ruffle many feathers. <laughs> he didn't fly. He didn't take off. <laughs> ruffle no, any feathers. He, he I feel grounded. sorry for Jackson Bird. You know, he sits on the sidelines yeah. for several series and he gets to bowl on the worst wicket possible for a, for a sort of middle, medium pace fast bowler, a fast medium bowler. Um, you've got to feel a bit sorry for him. I mean, everybody struggled on that wicket. Um, I th and I think the bowling stocks... You know, they talked a lot about Jason Berendorf, the big, tall West Australian left armer. He, he's reasonably sharp. And there's this guy called Billy Stanley, who, who's played T20, but he seems to break down too after four or five overs. Uh, so he's probably not a long-term test bowler. Um, so yeah, if, if those bowlers stay fit, they're, they're pretty formidable. And I, but I think the, the, the batting order is still a bit unstable. Um, you know, Cameron Bancroft has been quite, I would say he's been up and down and, I, and in nowhere near convincing. Um, and I think Usman Khawaja has been found out a lot with anything that seems or swings, he seems to struggle. Um, the guys on, at the BBL, they, they always talk him up saying, oh, he's the best player of fast bowling in Australia. I, I don't know wh why that's, why they say that. I, I've never seen that to be, to prove to be true. Um, he's a good player, maybe better one day player. I'm not sure. There is, so there are still a lot of questions about that, that, that sort of Australia top six. Um, going into, I mean, they're, they're also playing against South Africa soon. Uh, and I know we'll get to India later. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions on both sides, you know? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, on Usman Khawaja, I've, I've never really understood his appeal. Um, he's, he always seems to be dropped and then recalled, um, and, and doesn't do particularly well whenever I've seen him. Now I, I could be completely wrong, because I think I've only really ever seen him in Ashes series. Um, but he doesn't play that often for Australia, does he? he he's, he's, but he's clearly the best domestic batsman in the wings, because he's always the one who gets called up. Right. He, 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 has, he had some great uh, series against South Africa right. okay. and New Zealand, but I, I think he struggled, and every time he's played in Ashes, in an Ashes test, he's struggled. I, I don't know the stats on that. And as you know, we at Cricket Ultras pride ourselves on our, <laughs> on our um, research. Yeah, I know. But I do believe that he... So in the minds of English fans, I, I would think that he seems quite weak. But he has had a great series against South Africa in Australia and in South Africa and also New Zealand. So he, he has played well. Um, but yeah, I don't know about him. Yeah, and I suppose the other, the other questions would be... Sean Marsh, I mean, he did very well, I think. Coming, coming back into the team and, and, and scoring runs, but 
Probably still some long-term question marks. I, I think with Sean Marsh, it's really, it seems to be kind of six or sticks. He, he kind of either gets a century or he struggles. And he's been in and out of that side. For, I think he's been in it seven times. Oh, right. That's okay. a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's been injury, but still, he, he, yeah, it's not, it's, not, it's not great for a team. I mean, when, when we talk about the upcoming South Africa-India series... What really stood out for me on those team sheets mm-hmm. is you've heard of all of them yeah. on both sides. Yeah. You've heard of all of them and they play a lot and they're quite stable. Whereas I think at the moment, the England team and the Australian team are quite unsettled, I would say. There, of course, there are some great plays on both sides. I think there are some great finds as well. I, I think Milan has looked really good to me. Yeah. Um, I think also there's something about Vince, if, if he can adjust his technique or his, I think it's more his attitude and his, and his, and his brain. Mm. versus his technique he looks quite good I, I think there's something there Stoneman I'm not sure about he, he's a good, good grinder I think he's probably something there as well so th- there's some good players there just not the stability and I, I think both sides that goes to both sides to be honest yeah um, although the big difference I guess we, we've talked about the pace attack um, we have to talk about Steve Smith I'll just mention quickly you know Joe Root never really looked like or so far at least, has, has not really looked like he's going to step in at the crucial moments and score the big centuries um, that England has needed. Meanwhile, whenever Steve Smith comes out to bat, um, it just, you just feel like a, a century is, is on the way. Um, he, he's stepped up. He, he has scored three, is it three centuries in this series? Um, which is the highest already for uh, an Ashes, for an Australian captain in the Ashes. Um, I mentioned before his decline, and I think you, you just, you swiftly moved over that because you were probably so confused that anyone would talk about Steve Smith in terms of their decline, but I was actually, so if you look at the stats, this is, I think, Steve Smith's worst calendar year um, since he, uh, started piling on the runs in, uh, in sort of 2013, 2014. I'm not sure. But I'll, yeah, I'll take your word for that. I actually, um, so I think that was the case. So that was the case before the Melbourne test. His average has, since then has now edged up um, to 77 um, since the Melbourne test. So it's not his worst year. Um, but of course, we're just, I mean, you know, this is, a, it's, this is a joke really because he's averaging ridiculous numbers since 2014. I mean, truly, truly Bradman-esque. Um, I'm not sure how, how much is that comparison being made in Australia? Yeah, if you look at the top five batsmen, you know, as far as run scores in 2017, you see Smith on top, averaging, as you said, 77. But then there's Pajara, of course. Um, he's almost 70 as well. And there's Dean Elgar, who's had, who's had a sensational year last year. He has. Um, Almost out of a bit of obscurity, he was sort of a bit. I think he was around the squad for a while, but I think he really stamped his authority and his place in the team last year. And then, of course, you have the man Virat Kohli, and he Virat's averaging about seventy six last year as well. So, I mean, they're all up there, um, and they seem to have all played about eleven tests or so. Yeah, um, yeah, no big difference in the number of test matches. I mean. The, it, 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 I mean, Smith is de- definitely impressive. And as I said to you, I, I, the first time I saw him bat live was at the Wacker. He, he, he just seems to be able to 
understand what the bowler is trying to do and move in that direction. He seems to be there, it sounds silly, almost before the bowler has bowled the ball um, in most occasions. And I think he does struggle against a swinging ball, and I think he's, he's tried to work on that. Um, but everybody does that. You know, I mean, Coley and Williamson, who doesn't struggle against a swinging ball, right? So everyone struggles against high-quality swing bowling. Um, the question, yeah, the question is really whether you have to face it or not. I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's great if you don't have to face, it's great if you don't have to face Jimmy Anderson in early May uh, on a regular basis. Um, yes. But I just wonder, you know, coming back to the, the, that, that question, these numbers are, are, are just ridiculous, honestly. His, you know, he averaged, I think it was 82 in 2014. Um, his average has dipped slightly, uh, but, you know, it's still 77 in 2017. His, his overall average is, is 64 after 60 tests. Um, and the stats, for once, I feel don't actually do justice, do, do, do complete justice to his effect, because it's not only that he scores the runs, he scores them at, at, on the biggest possible occasions. You know, he, he scored them exactly when Australia needed them in this Ashes series. I'd go back to Australia's tour of India when, and this is, I think, really important, yeah, in Pune when, and I mean, when you take the series as a whole, Kohli barely scored any runs in that series, right? He really didn't. Um, in Pune, Smith um, scored 200s, I think it was. Or, I can't remember, but I think he's, you know, 100. no one, he scored 100, um, but no one else came close to, to scoring a century on that pitch. So it's not just the, the, the quantitative stats, right? It's the quality of his batting is remarkable. Um, yeah. Is, is he being seen as, as Bradman's heir in Australia, or is that still considered a kind of taboo topic? No, I mean, of course people, people talk about it, and I think some of the commentators during the summer were even comparing Steve Smith's technique a little bit to the great Don's technique, the way he kind of brings his bat in from the gully and, and brings it a, a, across his body. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, people, people that recognize how, how good he is, um, and there's a lot of discussion about how, you know, can he keep going? I think it's four years mm. where he's been playing, you know, really well and sort of like leading in the, in the run scoring. And mm. don't forget he made his debut as a, as a number eight leg spinner who batted a bit um, and then went away and totally remade his game and changed the way he, his, his mental attitude when he bats, he changed his technique quite a bit. Yeah. And he's come back as one of the, well, the, probably the best player in the world, which is it's, yeah. it's an incredible... It's, it's turn of events. It's unbelievable. I mean, if, you, if you'd seen him yeah. debut seven years ago, you would never have thought never. this guy's going to be the best batsman never. in the world. There's no way. I know, that's... Whereas that's if you saw Pajara... Yeah, right. Elgar, I mean, well, sorry, Coley, right? You saw well, Kane I would Williamson. Say, they look like good batsmen, right? <laughs> I, I, I would say... Um, so Kane Williamson, I think, has always been marked out as just a beautiful, wonderful batsman who's, who's going to be up there. Coley, actually, there were a lot of question marks about him, mainly because of his attitude... Um, and, and, and more, more, more in terms of off-field questions um, and whether he had the commitment to really, you know, put in the hard work. Uh, Smith, of course, though, was so far away from ever being um, <laughs> forecast as a great, not just a great batsman, but as a great player. I mean, he was a very much a bits and pieces cricketer when he came in. Unbelievable, really. I mean, really speaks, you cannot speak highly enough about his attitude, I think, and his, his willingness to work hard. Um, it, is, it is truly remarkable. Uh, and, you know, I just... You... Yeah, he does work hard. 
He, he must do. He must do, right? Because he completely remade his technique. Uh, his mental strength is obviously, you know, amazing. Um, I, I cut. You know, this is. We are in pretty much in uncharted territory, I think, with Steve Smith, because you've never seen a batsman of his quality come out of nowhere. All of the great batsmen, really, in history are all players who've been marked out for it from an early age. You look at players like That's right. Tendulkar. Tendulkar's the obvious one, but even, even Don Bradman, um, even someone like... Ponting. Yeah, Ricky Ponting, absolutely. He was, you know, as a 15-year-old, people were talking about him. Um, Alistair Cook... Uh, you know, all of these, all of these players were, were, were destined for greatness. Steve Smith has, um, has taken the long way, the scenic route. Um, he really has. He has, but it's it, been... I think it's his, and it's his, his adaptability, right? I think he, he seems to adapt himself to all kinds of situations. And, and as you mentioned earlier, he really does stand up when the team needs him, which is also very difficult to do. And I think looking at Joe Root in that series... Joe, Joe Root seems to have the weight of, weight of the world on his shoulders, and I, I don't know if he enjoys that being England captain and doing all those things. Where I think Steve Smith, he just loves it. Like the commentators asked him the other day, you know, on, on the fifth day of the MCG, you know, did he want to keep batting? And he goes, "You know, I did." He goes, "I, I, I was having a great time. Like, it was a bad pitch, whatever. I just like batting. Like I could stay out there and keep batting, you know, for two, two, two or three more days." Um, so he works hard. He loves his cricket. He's, he's an ultimate cricket nerd. Um, I think he just really loves it. And I think it's just hard to compete with that. I think he works hard too. It's not just he's, he's a natural talent. He works hard and hits ball, a lot of balls every day and works on his technique and talks to people. And yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, you could say, I mean, it's pretty clear that both Smith and Coley have, the captaincy has really helped them. They, they, they both... You know, it seems to have added another dimension to their batting. It's probably a little too early to tell with Root, but it looks like the opposite is happening. Um, he seems weighed down by the kind of burden of expectation. His stats um, for this year are, you know, not in the same league as not just Coley and Smith, but even Kane Williamson, who's had, you know, who's had an excellent year. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I expect, I expect that Joe Root will come good again. He's too good a player not to. But he's, he's got some, some work to do. So here, I've got his stats. So he scored 966 runs. He didn't, he didn't crack 1,000, sorry, last year, I should say. At 51. Um, he, yeah, good average, but way below, you know, 77 from Smith, 76 yes. from Coley. Um, and, of course... He seems to have scored the bulk of those runs in, um, well, you know, England had a fairly, fairly easy home summer. Um, he, did, he did reasonably well on the tour of India, but uh, he hasn't stood up where it's counted. Um, so, yeah, so some questions for him, you know, and, and I guess, what is it? The, the next test is, is Sydney? Yes. Um, is it a pink ball test? No, it's not a pink ball. It's oh, just called it's the pink test because it, 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 all the proceeds, I think the proceeds on one of the days go to the Jane McGrath Foundation. Uh, that's Glenn McGrath's wife who died of breast cancer uh, several years ago. So they have this, everyone wears pink and it's kind of like uh, everyone gets into it. It is kind of confusing. They probably mm. should have had the pink ball with the pink foundation, with, with the Jane McGrath Foundation. It would be actually even more interesting. But This is, this is bothering, this is, uh, yeah, this is bothering you as a PR guy. You're just... 
<laughs> it's lack of alignment. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, any any forecast for Sydney? Do you expect? I mean, we expect a result. It's it's. Oh, I, I guess. I mean, from an England perspective, the interesting thing is that it looks very much like Mason Crane is going to come in. Um, now, England has not produced a, an, an international quality leg spinner for, I'm going to say, at least 30 years. Um, who, who was the last one? I, I honestly, <laughs> I can't honestly recall because England have, have always specialised in off spinners and left arm. Finger spinners. And, and, yeah, and finger spinners. You know, they've had players like Ian Salisbury um, who've really flattered to deceive. Um, and, and I can't actually recall the last good English leg spinner. Um, and this, this kid is, is 20 years old. So what could go wrong? <laughs> Give him a shot, I reckon. Um, so who will they, will he replace Curran or will, will, will Curran stay in and will they bring in, or they, will they bring in Mark Wood for Curran and maybe drop Mo and yeah. Mo Ali and bring in Crane? What do you reckon? It looks like they're going to drop Mo and Ali. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen to the bowling attack. I think Broad and Anderson will obviously stay in. Um, they may... It works. They don't feel Mark Wood can last a test match. Um, so I suspect they may stick with Wokes as well, although they, they do have another... There is another pace bowler in the wings, of course. It's some, some guy we, you know, we, we don't actually know who it is. Um, but I think the big, the, the big move will be Mason Crane if he does play. So that'll be interesting to watch. We should, in the interest of time, we should probably move on to um, the next big series that is coming up. Starting... The Big Bash. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Touche. You've, you've been waiting a long time for that, I think. <laughs> like India, uh, South Africa. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought we were going to talk about the, the, Bangladesh, <laughs> the Bangladesh Premier League. No? Okay. So... India, South Africa starts on Friday. I'm in India. There, there's no shortage of newspaper columns about how this is going to be India's time um, somehow, uh, possibly because um, they had such a dominant 2017 and they're, they're the number one test team in the world, of course. Uh, the massive, massive caveat is that their, their success in 2017 was all achieved at home. Still pretty remarkable to, to win all those games, I think. And, they've, won, um, they've won nine test series in a row. Yeah. Six at home, I think, two in Sri Lanka, and I think also one in Bangladesh. So if they can win this series in South Africa, this will be 10 series in a row, which I don't believe anyone has ever done before. No. I think Australia did nine. So, I mean, if they can really bring home the bacon, so to speak, in South Africa, they could really, really stamp their authorities being the number one test team in the world. Um, I don't know about you, but I think they have a pretty good team um, and a team that people will be familiar with. And I mentioned, we, we mentioned very early on about the, the Australian team and the Ashes team, and the England Ashes team. I think we see some players there that we've never heard of before or we've <laughs> never really discussed yeah. uh, and not in a good way <laughs> either. So um, I think those sides both look reasonably settled to me. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Aruna? I, I think it could be interesting. I think I like the fast bowling that India has now. I, I particularly like Bumrah. I think he looks good to me. Mm. I like Yadav and I like Shami. So I, I think they've got a good shot. I think the fast bowlers in many ways will determine the outcome. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it, look, this, this year is going to be crucial for Indian cricket because they, they tour South Africa, then they tour England, um, and then they tour Australia at the end of the year. So, the trifecta. Yeah, it, it is the trifecta, really, because these are the, the three countries where, um, I mean, they literally haven't won in Australia. Uh, they uh, haven't won in South Africa either. And um, they haven't won a test series in England for a decade. Now, of course, the, and, and we all know the reasons why, I think most of our listeners will be aware Indian batsmen struggle abroad. They've done brilliantly at home. Um, they don't play enough cricket on these types of pitches. And I think it's going to be a real challenge for them, regardless of how well they've done at home. And they've got some brilliant batsmen, obviously, led by Kohli. But, you know, Pujara's had a great year. Um, Ajinkya Rahane is, is, is one of these Indian batsmen that has a higher average overseas than at home. Um, Mm. I, I like both the openers, Vijay and, and Rahul, um, are both both good. They're both going to play because Shikhar Dhawan apparently injured himself at Virat Kohli's Indian wedding reception. Virat Kohli has had a series of wedding um, events. I don't know. I'm sure you've been following <laughs> this closely. He got I married in he got married in Tuscany. Then he he, he took his he, they, his he honeymooned in Finland, which of course a very popular honeymoon destination. I'm told. As you do. As you do. I guess that the benefit is no one will recognize either him or his wife, Anushka Sharma, who, of course, is a very popular Bollywood actress. And then he had a wedding reception in India. And I'm not entirely sure what happened, but apparently Shikhar Dawan injured himself at the reception. You know, we've all been there. These things happen. Uh, Virat Kohli, I'm told, or, or I heard, was not best pleased by Shikhar Dawan in injuring himself. At, at, it means that... India have two openers. I actually think it's a blessing in disguise because I don't think Shikhar I think Shikhar Dhawan is actually re, does struggle away from home. Let's go back to this Shikhar Dhawan injury. Um, there, there are a lot of drink. There is a lot of drinking at many Indian weddings. Mm. Um, was it drinking related? And, and do they have a drinking culture? I'm just putting it out there. So this is um, first of all. I'm not entirely sure where he injured himself. It, it was just, I saw that he injured himself on the same evening as Virat Kohli's wedding reception. Right. And as being the, the journalist that I am, um, I, I just put two and two together and, um, and ended up <laughs> with, uh, with, with five. Um, having said all that, there's a video up, there's a video, um, up on the internet um, of Virat Kohli and Shikhar Dhawan dancing to the tunes of a band in a Cape Town street. And this was uploaded just yesterday. Uh, and and Shikhar Dawan has got a... <laughs> so, you know, the plot thickens. I mean, what, what exactly is going on with this team? Um, you know. Did Brett Lee play at his wedding? Brett Lee has a band, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling they may have been able to afford a professional outfit. <laughs> I'm just, just suggesting it. No, don't want to cast... Don't want to cast any aspersions <laughs> on Brett Lee's um, musical prowess. But anyway, back to the cricket. Yes. Back to the cricket. Yes. Um, the, the thing is, when you're in India, you, you just you get so much information about the players and their social lives. It's, of course. it's kind of amazing. So back to the cricket. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting that you mentioned the bowling. Because most people, I think, will focus on India's batting and they'll say, well, are they going to get the runs? And of course, that is a big question. But you're right to, to, to talk about the bowlers because... If they don't get 20 wickets, then it's, it's all over, right? India have no chance. And they are up against 
for me, I still think South Africa has the best bowling attack in the world. Um, you know, Australia's done brilliantly in these first three tests, but if you look at the last five years or so, yes. there isn't a team that, that can, can boast that kind of level of consistent excellence that South Africa has. So they're going to get 20 wickets, yeah. right? There's no question. Now, for India... They do have some depth there as well. If you look at mm. they've got Morkel, Chris Morris, yep. Fulueo, Philander, Rabada, and Stain. So they yep. really do have some depth there to that bowling. And I think Maharaj has impressed me a lot. I've watched him bowl a few times, and he, he, looks, he looks pretty good. Um, so I, I think it's going to be decided with the bowlers, but obviously batting is important. And I, I think if I, if I look at it, I think India probably has a stronger batting lineup, even in... South African conditions, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the South African batting order. A slight detail, we should talk about South Africa. They've got some selection issues because they're at full strength. Um, Dale Steyn is back, and I think a lot of people po possibly weren't expecting him to come back to Test cricket because uh, he's, he's like 33 or 34 now. Um, his, his average is, I mean, he's, it's just ridiculous, his stats, right? He averages 22. Yeah, he's he's been bowler. the best fast bowler of the past decade. He's back, which means that someone is going to miss out, right? And it sounds like, it sounds like Morni Morkel is going to be dropped because they can't drop Rabada because he's had a brilliant, uh, brilliant year, Rabada. He's taken um, 57 wickets at, at 20. Um, Philander, you just can't, you know, he's such a good bowler. Uh, you can't really drop him. So it kind of comes down to Stain or Morkel. Um, and Morni Morkel has always been, I think, the guy that... He, he bowls really well, but he doesn't always get the wickets. Um, so if they are going to play Stain, if they're going to risk him... I mean, he's, he's bowled well since he's come back from injury, although he hasn't, he hasn't played a, a full test match. If they are going to risk him for the test match, it looks like Morni Morkel will miss out because they do want, I think, to keep Maharaj in the team. Um, I mean, I don't know if you had any particular views on that because it, it you know it's a bit harsh on Morni Morkel. Yeah it, it, it always seg almost segues into the two-day four-day test. Um, I, I think Morni Morkel picked up a five for uh, in the on that pink ball test but it seems like anybody could have picked up a five for maybe on that on that wicket against Zimbabwe um, who were not the Zimbabwe that used to be. Um, it's, it, it's interesting I, I don't know I mean I, I think they might go a little bit horses for courses so depending on the state of the pitch, they might change the bowling lineup around a bit. I mean, I think Vernon Philander is a great bowler when the ball's seeming. But if, it, if it's quite a flat wicket, I don't think he's very effective. And we saw that in Australia. But when there's any hit of seam or swing, he's, he's super effective. Um, so, yeah, we might, we might see them chop around a bit. I mean, Chris Morris is also, you know, yeah, pretty solid. of course. Yeah, he's in the um, squad. He's in the squad. So, yeah. He, he's back from, so from I, injury. I think they have a lot of options there. They do. And on, on the batting side, of course, A.B. de Villiers is back playing test cricket. He is, which is, which is kind of surprising. Like, will he or won't he? Uh, it seems he is. I thought he wasn't. Now he's in the squad. So I wonder how, he do, how he'll do. So questions, questions from, for South Africa. Actually, more questions for South Africa. I think the Indian team, as you've mentioned, is settled... The only real question is around the bowling, who they play. You mentioned Bumrah, um, who is really a one-day bowler. Um, and I'm not sure they're going to pick him for the Test match. I think that, you know, I think um, Muhammad Shami will get picked. I think um, Umesh Yadav would be very difficult to drop him after the year he's had. 
Uh, and then it kind of comes down to one out of Bhuvneshwar Kumar, uh, Ishant Sharma, um, or they may go, they do like Jasprit Bumrah a lot. Uh, and then, of course, the next question is which spinner will they drop? I, I mean, I assume India are not going to play two spinners. Most likely they're going to go in with Ashwin, right? Um, and, and they're going to play six batsmen, I guess. Yeah, uh, so. tough one. I, I think you probably want to go for the extra batting depth in, in South Africa, I imagine. Well, you need, yeah, they're going to have six batsmen. They'll have their, their keeper, Saha, at seven. Uh, and then, and then the, they'll have either Ashwin or Jadeja, most likely Ashwin, who's, who's a very good batsman um, at eight. So that's fine. After that, it's going to be a bit of a struggle, I think, because you know, the, some of the fast bowlers are not brilliant with the bat. Uh, no, I'm re I'm re I cannot tell you, I'm really looking forward to this series because it's nice to see India finally get a, a, a good challenge. Uh, I also think it's really good for South Africa because I feel like a lot of their cricket, they play a little bit under the radar. Um, and so now they will get, they'll, they'll kind of get the attention they deserve. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. Um, it's... Um yeah, it's, so the test starts on January 5th. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. And then we've got three tests. And then what I think is really weird is um, I saw the schedule last night. There's six ODIs. Yeah, of course. Like, who cares about ODIs anymore? I think they should scrap it and play four or five tests and play, like, three T20s. Yeah, Darren, you're such a romantic. So <laughs> I'll tell you who cares about ODIs, the, uh, the, the, the Indian TV stations, uh, because you, of can, course. you can cram in way more ads in an ODI than you can in um, a, t a T20. And of course, you get, you get far more viewers for an ODI than you do for a test match. Um, it's, not, it's not very, it's not very um, audience-centric, and that's all, what we're all about these days, Arun, in our <laughs> business, being very audience-centric. Um, giving people what they want versus what you want to deliver as a brand. But, but what, I, what I would say this year, I mean, it's going to be great box office this year for Indian TV, you think about it. Um, three blockbuster tours, uh, plus the T20s and one-day cricket. It's going to be an absolute monster for um, you know, for the um, for, for the TV stations and the media. Um, and I, I think it's going to be great for those Chinese brands that are building their brands on the back of the Indian team in India. It seems they're all over it, which would be great for them. It's a very smart strategy. It'll be. It's kind of weird though. I feel like if India don't do well, a lot of people will just stop watching, and it becomes a real mm. problem for the broadcasters. And I think this happened last time India had a sustained overseas run. I think it was 2014, 2015, where... It's a good and, point. And, you know, to be fair, this, it's more or less the same team. So this is why I am, I am less positive than you are. Um, it is pretty much the same bowlers <laughs> and the same batsmen that went to England, that got tonked, that went to Australia, and couldn't, could not keep their economy rates under four. And... Um, you know, went to South Africa and did okay, but still lost the series. Uh, and if that happens, the Indian public will just switch off. So, you know, they, they are, they're a fickle bunch, as, as you know, modern-day cricket audiences sometimes are. So, yeah, I think, I think that's probably true in most countries, right? So, so do we have time? We've done, um, so we are 40, 43 minutes in. Do we have time to just run through... 2017, um, I wanted to ask you for your, for your highlight and your low light. Yeah, I think, I think the highlights for me, there's a couple, and, and you're going to love this um, <laughs> big time. 
Arun. Obviously, Pakistan winning the Champions Trophy was was pretty unexpected, and it was and it was all set for a Pakistan India derby. <laughs> of course, that that did make my shortlist. I must admit, it, it, it was a great moment. Um, and then I think the other story for me that I was quite impressed with was the sort of two players from Afghanistan, uh, Rashid Khan and Mohammad Nabi, who have just really, uh, both of them are in the BBL at the moment in Australia. Yeah. They were in the IPL. I think it's yeah. great for the, the country, for Afghanistan. Yeah. And they're great bowlers. I watched Rashid Khan bowl the other night. He was bowling, you know, googly. And I, I think this year, didn't he get a 7-4 against the West Indies in a one-day one match? Um, that's been a great story last year, I thought. He was um, one of the success stories of the IPL as well. He's a household name in India. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny because your highlights are exactly the same as mine, except in, um, I, I had them in, in differing order. So I, I thought Pakistan beating India, definitely. I mean, you know, this is a country that has, has been crying out for some, some good cricketing news for years now. And, and they got it in droves. At, at, a win against the old enemy. There's nothing sweeter for Pakistan. And believe me, I, I, um, I put, as someone who felt, felt it all from personal experience, uh, you, you could tell how, how important it was. I actually thought for me, my highlight was, um, and you'll see the, the, the full benefit of this in 2018, but it was Afghanistan getting uh, test status. Um, and so they will, they will play their first test match uh, against India, in fact, later this year, uh, and that's a, you know it's an incredible journey for them. They play their cricket in Delhi or outside Delhi because they you know they can't really play in Kabul. And uh, you know what a story it is. Players like Rashid Khan have been have been brilliant. So your low light? Well, I think the low light is pretty. It's pretty. It's it's a real standout, and I think it's the Ben Stokes incident. And just in general, I think the highlighting on a little bit on the drinking culture around cricket still especially in some countries, I think that's definitely a low light. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, this has been going on for quite a while. And, and so hopefully in 2018, we don't have any similar incidents and people really, you know, uh, knuckle down and focus on the cricket. How about you? Um, well, as a, as, any, as a regular kind of observer of Indian cricket, you are always spoiled for choice with low lights, I feel. Um, you, could, you, could, <laughs> you could point to... Um, you know, the, the ridiculous test match in, in, played in Delhi under life-threatening air pollution where all the players were throwing up. You can look at the continuing shenanigans at the Indian Cricket Board and its ongoing battle with the Supreme Court of India. Uh, but actually, for me, the low light was um, the way that the Indian team dispensed with Anil Kumble as their coach. Um, I felt it was... It left a really bitter taste. This is a, this is a, you know, a real legend of Indian cricket. Deserves a huge amount of respect for, for his kind of service to the game, um, and it was very poorly handled. Right, well, you need to go. I probably need to go as well. I'm not sure how long community radio stations will allow um, these fly-by fly-by-night <laughs> podcasters to, to squat in their premises. Um, thanks a lot, Darren. Uh, I guess Thanks, we'll Aaron. be yeah this was, this was fun there's a lot to look forward to um, we'll be back next week yes we're back next week see you later you can find us on Facebook Cricket Ultras we're on Twitter as Cricket Ultras we're on all the various podcasting services now uh, at Cricket Ultras hit us up let us know 
what you'd like us to discuss, um, and we will probably give you a shout out. <laughs>